This is the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Ever wish you could re-listen to your favorite interview or segment? Do you enjoy hearing older shows for the first time in years? Then the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less is just what you need. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. Today's show comes from June 22nd back in 2010. It is a double header. And I want to say, if you spent any time in the last decade cruising around the internet, you have surely run into Tom Emery out there on the forum someplace. Tom has been around a long time giving advice on competition cooking and organizing competitions. So let's jump right into Greg and Tom Emery's conversation all about contest organizing from June 22nd, 2010. Let's go ahead and race over to the hotline. As we bring in first-time guests to the show, barbecue promoter extraordinaire, event coordinator extraordinaire, Tom Emery out of California. Tom, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, brother. Tom, first of all, I appreciate you coming on the show and letting us kind of uh, suck off your expertise. Well, that sounded terribly perverted, but use your expertise, perhaps, would be a better way to put it uh, when it comes to barbecue competitions, because inevitably I'll get a handful of emails during the course of a month that says, hey, I was at such and such an event, or I hear about such and such an event. How does one go about putting it on? Because where I live is kind of a bastion, a wasteland of non-barbecue competition, which obviously happens to be my case here in Cleveland. There's a handful, maybe five, six, seven hours due south or due west or due east, but nothing right here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, the barbecue capital of the North Coast, Cleveland. So before we get into that, and we're going to have you on the balance of this segment and then in the second segment, why don't you give a little background about yourself, uh, your competition side, and how you got associated with uh, the whole putting on competition events? Well, when I started, there there were very few contests in Southern California, very none out within a hundred miles of where I live. So, um, I asked around and they said, well, you just got to do it. So I, uh, did what, did what was necessary to get things going. And, uh, it's, you know, it's grown from there. We were, we we're only doing three contests now, which is really how I want it to be. I thought it, it took over my life there for a while and I wasn't get, getting to cook. And I really enjoy cooking with, uh, um, we were with three eyes, uh, on the East Coast and when pigs fly on the West Coast. That's kind of a fun thing to be involved in a couple of teams there. And we're, we're pursuing the contest, but we're mostly I'm trying to encourage other people to go for it because it, there's a lot of room for other guys to pers- or gals to pursue this. Now, is it obviously more fun for you then just to compete or when you're putting on an event, are you also kind of doing double duty? Are you competing and running the event as well? No, you you can't do it. It's just not possible. You when you when you're the organizer or the promoter, you need to focus on that and and uh, it's just competing while you're there is just just impossible. So we we pursue that. You know the stagecoach music festival. I mean, I I got incredibly lucky. This thing's in my hometown. Uh, you know, I did just you know I got a phone call and you know, one thing led to another. Here I am. You know, we've been doing this for years and. It's a it's a wonderful event. Uh, that's that's we've had to kind of shrink it to size because of space limitations, but it's uh, it's wonderful. It's in my hometown, and I have a great time with it. And every year I say I'm never doing this again. And then <laughs> you know, two or three weeks later, okay, well next year we're going to do this. You know, so we, we have to work with it. So. 
Now, have you seen, due to the fact that competition barbecue, and I guess barbecue in general has been seen more in the mainstream, you see it more on television, you actually hear some radio shows, actual radio shows, I guess not internet radio shows, talking about it or bringing in guests that have more of an affinity, more of an experience on the outside live fire aspect. Are you getting a lot more interest or questions about how would I go about doing something like this? Or just as a promoter, are you seeing more interest in general when it comes to barbecue? Yes, I think that uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great growth time in the sport. You look at what's going on all over the West. I'm sure all over the nation, but I, you know, I live out in Southern California, so that's really what I'm familiar with. But uh, there are events popping up. We were just at the Christie's event, and there were... I mean, there was probably 12 first-time teams. I didn't count them, but they were just everywhere. And it was, it's a wonderful time. And a lot of that's due to the Pitmaster Show. That's had a huge positive effect. And all the stuff that the Food Channel does in general, uh, you know, coupled with that. And it's, just, and, and it's uh, you know, you got baby boomers getting older. And, you know, <laughs> our, our sport's a good one for an older guy to get involved in. But some of these teams were young guys. I mean, there were, you know, lots of 20-something teams. And so it's... Uh, it's just a great. It's a great day, and to be in be in barbecue. All right. So before we hit this first set of breaks, and we actually get into the meat of what your suggestions are as far as looking at possibly putting on a competition event in whatever city you're possibly in, thinking about doing it. You you were uh, president of the California Barbecue Association for a while, a couple years back. Any aspirations jumping off a little bit bigger, going into one of the more glorified, well-known sanctioning bodies, such as like an MBN or perhaps a, even a KCBS. That's a possibility. We're uh, considering running for the KCBS board next year. Uh, you know, I just there's a wonderful. It's a wonderful time. Like I said, it's a wonderful time in barbecue, and I really would like to be a part of you know growing the sport. And we need to grow it on both ends because the big contests are doing really well. But we just we got to remember that the little contests are they're important also, and we've got to we've got to you know work it from both ends. So. Yes, that's a possibility. We'll see how we'll see how that goes. Well, you're pretty active on a number of the bigger forums, the more important ones, Barbecue Brethren. You, know, you probably probably spend some time on uh, the Barbecue Forum, which I'm not allowed on. Uh, no names, please. But do you foresee, or not foresee, but as you're reading, do you hear, and obviously you're reading a lot about KCBS has some issues as far as how they're working in the infrastructure there's arguing there's uh maybe some axes to grind with some of the board of directors do you think there's any legitimacy to that or is that a lot of folks or, or a few folks making a lot about nothing well yeah i i think that uh, you've got a, a you know a couple of different things going on there at and uh, as we play it out, I just, we'll see how all, how that all works out. I, I, you know, because you can talk to people that are, that are quote unquote are on in opposite camps, and they they both are just great folks. And and there's a lot of positive things that you can get from both both sides of the deal. But it's just I think uh, um, I think the, the the real answer, the logical answer, is probably somewhere in the middle, because some people. Are, some people have been known to take advantage of situations, and others are just, you know, trying to manage every little thing. And that's, you know, I think the answer is probably more in the middle. We got to let professionals be professional, but uh, we do need to keep an eye on them. So, uh, I guess I, I would hope that we could we could work uh, in the in the middle to, to balance the thing. There you go. All right, we're going to uh, step away real quick, Tom. So hang through the break, and we'll actually get into the meat of how to put on a barbecue event. To put in your request for a future show, please contact John Solberg via email at john, J-O-N, at the bbqcentralshow.com. Hey, before we kick off the second segment, I got a question for you. 
Are you following the Barbecue Central show on social media? It is easy to do and much appreciated. Whatever your favorite platform is, you can go to BBQ Central Show on Instagram or at BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitter. Again, very much appreciated. Give the big show a follow. That said, let's jump right into the second segment today. All right, let's go ahead and pick our conversation back up with Tom Emery talking about how to potentially start thinking about putting on a competition barbecue event in your neck of the woods. Tom, thanks for hanging with me through the break. So I guess the first question would be logically, I'm here in Cleveland. I'm thinking about, hey, I got a great city. I got people that probably love barbecue, at least when it's warm out, because it is winter 10 months out of the year out here. But when it's warm out, I'm sure people love barbecue. So how would I or what what are the most important things I need to take into account and do the footwork on to potentially put together some type of barbecue event? I would say an honest assessment of, of your, your resources. I mean, if, if you, uh, you know, I run into people like the Christie's Foundation. I worked with them, you know, and uh, they had this huge uh, volunteer resource to work from. So they were able to, to uh, tackle that event. Now, they're, they're, they're three years in. This is a growing, it's probably one of the, it'll end up being one of the biggest events in uh, California. Eventually, it probably, well, it was just, just about the biggest event so far. Because you got if you have those kind of resources now, but if you're just a couple of guys who who like to cook and see that stuff on TV and want to be involved, then you got to be realistic about where, where you're at. I mean, if if it's a small group, then you you might want to consider doing a grilling kind of contest or or just set your sights at, at something that's achievable. You know. All right, so I, I encourage. You. I mean, let's let's Go use ahead. me as an example. I mean, I have a, a great city to pull from. There's a lot of stuff happening here. There is a well-known rib burn-off here, but that's technically not a barbecue competition, uh, you know, from from our standpoint per se. So, right. you know, I, I have a potential of getting in contact with, I guess, some of the more high-profile teams to potentially pull in here. But do I need to scout a location first? Do I need to uh, figure out finances first? I mean, wh- where where do you need to tackle from the top down? It, it, well, it really depends on if you, if you can find sponsorship and somebody that believes in you, then you you know then the whole rest of it will all come together quite easily. But sometimes you have to build them from the bottom up. I mean, my first cook-off had six teams and five hundred dollars in prize money, and we had a great time. So you know that we've had to do it that way. And now, you know, through working through the internet and being involved in the you know, statewide organization over here and in Arizona, people will trust you enough to mail you a check, you know, because if, you know, you got uh, Greg Rempe, who the heck is that guy? Am I going to mail him 250 bucks, you know? So (laughs) that's part of it. Part of it is just getting out there meeting the guys and meeting the teams and, and, you know, get on the Internet and and find, you know, your uh, people that are within some reasonable distance of you that that could actually be your target for for your event. You just keep working it. It's, it's all about networking, man. That's that's really ultimately what it is. It's it's, a, it's about networking. You look at what's what guys and uh, like what we've done in CBQA or what uh, Mike Ryman has done over in Arizona. It's all about networking because the guys. It's that's where it works. And people, you know, you get those leagues going, and pretty soon the the one event feeds off another. And you know, now it's just like wow. It's just gosh, can we get these things all scheduled? We got so many events now. So you look at some of these areas of the country that aren't necessarily w- within the sanctioning body of, of a KCBS or an MBN or an FBA. Uh, for instance, here in Cleveland, 
I guess we could be considered potentially in the same geographical area as the Great Lakes Barbecue Association, for example. So if I have something like that, wherever I am in the country, if I have an association like that, would it be best to approach them first because those are the people that perhaps might have a built-in interest? Maybe they're not willing to take on the responsibilities of trying to figure out what the footwork and the responsibilities of putting together a competition are, but they're the guys that might say, if you can put something together, I'll be the first one in there. Those are the people you're saying you probably want to approach first. Well, yes, I, that would be in your situation. I would certainly go to the Great Lakes. There's some the guys that are involved there are, are I know them from the brethren. They're this super bunch of guys. I met them at the Jack Daniels. Those, those are the guys I'd be talking to, and then you know that's a little bit out of your area, but it's within it's a reasonable drive, and and that can build on one thing onto another. And you know, you go volunteer at other events that are within that two or three hour, you know, whatever that reasonable drive that you guys consider. I mean, out in the West, it's you know, we're looking at much more than a couple of hours to, to uh, attend events, but that's just the reality of where we live, you know. Talking with Tom Emery. I'm sorry, we're talking with Tom Emery. He's uh, an expert in putting together uh, barbecue competitions, does a number of those very successfully. Um, you had mentioned sponsorship. Obviously, you know, it's going to be kind of a hefty bill to put something like this on. Do you, when you're starting out, are you looking more for just donations or are you actually looking for cash money from some businesses? Yeah, Greg, you just get anything you can. I mean, if, if somebody's willing to help you out with the toilets or, or give you a discount on the trash cans or, or you know, whatever you can get, it's because it takes everything you can put together. Uh, like, I, you know, going back to that first one, I did um, I, I did it at an RV park because that's, like, the ultimately easiest place in the world to put on a competition is at an RV park. And we we sold a little bit of People's Choice Barbecue, and we raised money to support the local volunteer fire department and had a great time but you know those big events you see with the generators running and the electricity strung out and you know you got all that stuff going on that that's there's so many moving parts that i would really shy away from one of those as a first event because it's just there's so many moving parts it's just very difficult to do that and you got to build a team of people that, that that are involved with you and going in the same direction I'm Emery joining us here on the Barbecue Central Show. Now, obviously, one of the things that's going to be drawing people in from outlying areas is prize money. Everybody talks about, you know, when they're taking into account which competitions are going to be going to, they're obviously looking at the purse and not only category amounts, but overall amounts. What's for a first time event? And I know this is kind of a vague question for you, Tom, considering where you are versus where a lot of the other people are in the country. But is there a, a target amount you would like to offer initially in order to get that initial interest in your event going? To attract the, the professional traveling teams, I, I really think in the West, it pretty much takes like $3,500, you know, for a total purse, which is, that's a fairly small purse. But if you keep the entry fees down, I have an event in Hesperia where the, the entry fees are always pretty, you know, I, it's only like 150 bucks to cook it. And we guarantee we'll have bad weather. So it's, yeah, it's <laughs> part of the deal. And, um, we really should do those. I survived this very cook-off, but we have a great time every year, and it's always fun to, to do it. But anyway, but that's only $3,500 is all we have there, and we just said we have simple plaques for trophies, and, you know, I, I've been able to sell that thing out the last couple of years, and we have a great, it's just a great time. It, it, it's, a lot of it's just timing, too, now, because we go so early in the year, you know, early in the season. Guys are excited. They want to come cook. Now, if I did that event, you know, late in the calendar, I might have trouble selling it, because... You know, the guys are already cooking elsewhere, and it might not have the same appeal. So when you have the prize money calculated, are you drawing that from entry fees? Are you getting that from business sponsorships, or is it 
kind of a an, an emergence of all different areas? Well, I would say you have to you have to count for more than one source. I mean, if you um, now some of the guys in Texas are trying this. I don't think anybody I haven't seen anybody in the West do this yet, but it's it's a great idea. I think they do it in Chile also, where they say they this very upfront about it. They say you don't have prize money. You say, well, fifty percent of the entry fee is prize money, or seventy five percent, or whatever you think you can operate the event on. You know, depending on on your location. But that is a a safe way to uh, put together something and and make it go forward. You know, the KCBS has a great uh, deal with the licensed events. It doesn't cost you anything. I mean, you, I think all you, all you have to do is cover the rep's uh, place to stay and his, you know, a little bit of gasoline for the rep. And if you go and volunteer some, you could probably get a rep to come out for a dinner in a, in a hotel. You know, it's like, that's a wonderful, those licensed events are a wonderful way to get started. Now, you can't be a state championship. And you, but for a, a guy who's trying to get a small thing off the ground, and you're in a, if you're in an area that's really strong with KCBS, that's definitely the way to go. And if you're, you know, you're in the heart of Texas, well, obviously you'd want to, you would want to go IBCA. If you're trying to get something off the ground, you don't have a lot of money. That's, you know, you got to go with what's, what's around you. So would you say that if you went ahead and actually got this, uh, this first-time event um, uh, thing that you were just talking about versus getting the, the full-blown sanctioning that it you know, would cost in order to get the full KCBS sanction behind you, is that a good way to kind of show the reps that you know what you're doing and that you are well on your way to potentially putting on a better and better event every year? Or, or does, that, does that potentially give you an easier way in to get that sanctioning? Well, I think it, well, it's sanctioning is just a matter of mailing three hundred dollars and then meeting some criteria along the way. It's that's not hard to do, but it's it's uh, I, I think it's a mistake to not be sanctioned because the teams know what to expect and the reps are you know they they know the reps they see who it's going to be there. I always use uh, Kelly and Kathleen McIntosh. They they do a wonderful job. My teams know that uh, they're going to do a great job. Then they're going to cover up all my mistakes. <laughs> but they're just they're you know it, that's the best part of the trust factor as far as the teams because. The guys are going to have a thousand bucks tied up in this weekend. You can't just blow it. I mean, I guess I heard about the an event in Minnesota. I think it was, or some place where the guy was just unrealistic, and had people showing up. That what? He was, nothing was taken care of. <laughs> so you have to, you, you know, and today the teams have a huge investment, and you have to honor them by by taking care of your end of the deal. And some of them, you know, they, I, people think, "Wow, oh, those guys are so mean to you." I said, "No, no, they're just protecting their investment. They're not. It's not a mean thing, and not not at all. They're just they're doing their job because, you know, they they got money tied up in this thing." Tom Emery joining us here. Tom, we just got a couple minutes left here before we close out. But, you know, in regards to the cost of putting on an event, is perhaps me being a potential person doing this, is it really easy, or are you able to get a really good grasp on what your initial cost? of operating event is going to be in order to get those uh, entry fees and, and all the other associated costs addressed to make sure that at the end of the day, maybe you're not looking to make a, a whole bunch of money, but you're at least able to cover A, your obligations, as you said, and then B, be able to maybe save some for uh, the next year. I think, Greg, if you, if you go into the thing, really, I tell people, if you can't go into this doing, thinking that you're going to do all this work and break even, then you probably don't need to do it because there's just so many things that can go wrong that it's really unrealistic to expect a first-year full-blown event to, to make money because it's just so many things happen, and then you learn the hard way. So it's really best to volunteer at some of those big events and set your, be realistic in what you're trying to, to accomplish. You know, I would, I've, even, I've encouraged people just to 
try some doing a grilling contest. Do take it very simple, one day thing, no uh, accommodations overnight. You just have and just have fun with it. And there you have Tom Emery and Greg's conversation from June 22nd back in 2010. Some great advice there. Maybe if everyone spent a little time putting on contests, they'd find less to complain about the way contests are put on. Great advice. As always, have fun. Hey, make sure you subscribe to the Barbecue Central Sylvia podcast. Never miss an episode of this show or the really big Barbecue Central show again. Thanks so much for checking it out. Until next time, I am your host, John Solberg, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.